everyone. Welcome to The Drunken Whalers, a podcast where you get drunk and talk about Dishonored. I'm Claire, and I'm joined, as always, by Sarah. Hello. You did the opening right. Good job. I did do the opening right. I thought about it earlier when I was getting <laughs> my drink. I was like, maybe I should mix it up. And I was like, that is just, like, too much. Um, that is just too much emotion for me. <laughs> listen, it's, it, listen, it's too early. We can't make any changes. Is it? I, how many episodes has it been? I meant early in the day. I guess it's been a lot of episodes. I can't count, so. It's really not that early. It's it's almost four. Okay, don't say that. It makes me feel bad about all the things I haven't done yet. <laughs> Sorry, okay. It's daylight savings got us all. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Also, yes. we had to read this fucking book, and it took forever, and we only read half of it. Yeah, so you may recall the last episode. <laughs> we were like, let's see if we read this. We did. We only read we were, half. I think we said we were only going to read half. Oh, that, but yeah, actually, that's much less embarrassing. Anyway, yeah, we're reading The Corroded Man. It's a book. Um, yes. I think it got it got released before Dishonored 2, right? Let me look at the date. It got released right before Dishonored 2. First edition was September like 2016. Um, yes. And Dishonored 2 came out in November. Yes. So yeah, Dishonored, The Corroded Man, written by Adam Christopher. Never heard of him. He writes all the Dishonored novels, because he wrote oh. The Veil Terror. <laughs> he sucks. He's trying his best. This is, like, not a great book. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get through it, but, like... Yeah, it's, like, it's, you know, I feel like pretty much most tie-in novels are about this level. Um, That's fair enough. That's fair. I'll take it back. He did an average job. <laughs> Sorry, Adam Christopher, if you're listening to our podcast. Um, if you are, you are totally welcome to come onto our podcast. And oh, that would be great. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so we started the book. I can't remember how many chapters we read, but first- Like, like 10. Yeah, something like that. There's like a um, prologue. It's about this dude. Prologue. Somewhere near Utrecht, wherever the fuck that is in, Rus- in Siberia. <laughs> well, I know it's in Tivia, but like, I don't know what Tivia's shape is is it's it's just russia it's literally it just is just russia. russia so yeah we start off and there is this dude who is only called the prisoner but not can any longer because he's can we just call him by his name yeah it's zukov it's, it's zukov aka the corroded man uh oh i just got that oh my fucking god she literally never mind galia literally says that he's like corroded anyway i know i know it does i know it does now that i'm sorry Anyway, so he's in, he's, like, <laughs> we start the book, and he's, like, in the middle of fake Siberia because he escaped from prison in Tivia. Now, if you'll recall, there's, like, there was a book that we found in a game at some point, slash, I think they just put it at the beginning of this chapter, that says that you, like, the prisons in Tivia, like, don't have, like, like, you can just leave. It's just that, like, if you leave, you'll immediately die because you're in the middle of Siberia. Yeah, this chapter is really interesting, in the way it talked about that, because, like, it does specifically say that, like, so, uh, Zukov is, has two guards with him, and there's, like, a passage where he's like, well, they're not guards, really, because they're not guarding anything, because every man in this prison labor camp is technically a free man. They're just, like, being rehabilitated. Heavy quote marks. And also everyone, like, dies after, like, a year, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not great. Um, also, Zukov's fucking terrifying because he's just, like, dragging his guards with him and they're, like, weirdly brainwashed. And he, like, yeah. goes through. He, he do, He's like, okay, so I, like, took three guards from the prison and, like, basically he, like, makes it, like, he's, like, he killed all the other people in the prison, all including the fake guards and all the other prisoners. And, like. Yeah. Just kept these three. Yep, and, like, one of them, he stole his clothes, and then, like, he just, like, slowly kills them one by one for various reasons, so that's fine. Yeah, the second one he brings, um, for- to feed the wolves that he- are in this awful hellish landscape. <laughs> um, and the third one he uses for fun blood rituals. Yeah, he's, like, he's basically, I think he says it's, like, he needs him for, like, his bones, and it's, like, yeah. cool. That's great. I feel great about that. Oh, and he has a, he has a weird knife. Um, yes. His weird knife has a golden hill, and it has two blades. Huh. That won't be important. That won't ever be important. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think, they, they never call this by its name, but it's the twin-bladed knife, which it will be called later. I don't think they ever call it that in this book because I don't think they had that name yet. Because yeah, in the I don't Dishonored think so. Two, I have the Dishonored Two art book, and there's a picture of it, and it's called the Colt knife, Colt with a K. Um, so I'm glad they changed that name. <laughs> I am glad they changed that name. That also reminds me of like, I hope you did. I deeply watched Supernatural for many years. No, and they fucking had like a magic gun that could kill anything. That was they just referred to as the Colt. Like, they just call like just the gun. They just called it the Colt. Yeah, because it was made by Samuel Colt, who is a gun manufacturer. But it's oh. a magic gun with magic bullets. I then guess you go that's and I was like, fine. Who's got the Colt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, but that is essentially they just ripped that off from Supernatural. Um, I no incorrect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> also, I can't believe you watched that much of Supernatural. That was in like season two. I still can't believe you. Um, oh, I didn't anyway. watch it till like season like eight. I mm-hmm. am hesitant to ascribe a number to it because I don't really recall, but it well, was a lot. I'm very sorry for you. I know. Even worse is that I was rewatching it recently because I was feeling sick. Well, I mean, you know, I really can't. I really can't give you shit. I've watched. I watched so much garbage. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. Let's- anyway, sorry. He, like, murders- He murders all these guards, whatever. He's leaving Tivia. Anyway, chapter one, Galia Fleet is narrating now. Yes, I Who's like Galia. Galia Fleet? Um, no, we've missed the second half of the epilogue, which is Emily. Wait, is there- oh, right. Sorry, I just scrolled past that. Um, <laughs> anyway, Emily. Emily is jumping around on roofs. It is, like, literally so unimportant. It is- Emily is doing parkour in the middle of the night, and she's like, I'm so cool. I'm the Empress. This is my city. And it basically is just, like, a little quick sum up of what happened in the first game. Yeah, I think it, I think it's, like, in case you picked up this book and you, like, have never played Dishonored, which I can't imagine anyone doing can, that. Yeah, it says on the cover, a Dishonored novel for an award-winning video game saga. Yeah, and, like, I can't imagine enjoy like, why, what kind of enjoyment would you get out of this book if you weren't, like, oh, Emily, I love Emily. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so she she's like she's playing she's doing parkour. Yeah, she does parkour. She's been trained by Corvo so that she cannot be kidnapped again. Essentially, she's like twenty five now. Oh yes, it has been many years. She yeah, so she's like an adult. 
uh, and, like, runs this country or whatever. There was, like, the one line I thought was funny is she's, like, oh, I, I'm wearing, like, she wears gloves when she does this and so because she, she's, like, oh, I don't want to fuck up my hands because mm. people see my hands a lot. And I'm, like, well, good fucking luck <laughs> when you get marked by the outsider. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to suck. I hope the makeup's anyway. good and done well. Mm. Well, I would not bet on that one. Uh, chapter one. <laughs> Galia Fleet. Anyway. Galia Fleet is a bouncer at the Golden Cat, and she is throwing a man out. <laughs> she is. And she used to be a whaler. Da-da-da! Da-da-da. So that one time they were like, oh, the whalers are dudes. They're like, never mind. Yeah, this is essentially where the whole bullshit Billy Lurk is the only woman you ever trained. Shit gets thrown out the window. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like, I guess he just I guess he just forgot about Galia. <laughs> I, I'm, like, perfectly contented to be like, that's a fucking retcon. Done. I just yeah they they like we yeah they make it some retcons in this book yeah we should be allowed to have women who are assassins yeah come on so yeah so Galia is throwing this man out of the golden cat and she's like oh man this, like this is a pretty good job but like it kind of sucks when you used to be a magical assassin which is fair enough <laughs> yeah she doesn't get to use her abilities to the you know and so she's like depressed about it and like drinks too much yeah um. Like, it doesn't go into, like, a lot of detail about, like, what happened with Dowd and the Whalers, but essentially it's, like, Dowd disappeared, and Thomas tried to keep them together, but without Dowd there, they don't have magical powers, which is actually pretty interesting to me, because I I knew it worked the other way around, because we've, like, seen notes that Dowd writes, where he's like, if someone, like, betrays me or, like, isn't loyal, their powers will subside, and they won't have them anymore. Didn't imagine that I was like, it's gonna go the other way too. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, because it's interesting because it's like, I wonder also if it's like a proximity. I, I like, I wonder if it's like a proximity thing or like what? Because like, spoiler alert, doubt is not like doubt's not. We know that now doubt isn't dead. Yeah. So like, it's. I wonder like at what point his his powers like stopped working for them. It would be like incredibly funny if he was just like got too far out of range and they're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, the outsiders in Karnaka too. <laughs> <laughs> but like I guess it's like you know like a loyalty thing so it's like I it makes sense that he can choose to like share his powers and remove his powers from like whoever like whatever followers yeah. he wants to I just like didn't think about it I also think it, it's also just very funny if like they were looking for doubt and they were like okay well we can do like play hot and cold with based on whether our magic powers work <laughs> which would be excellent that would be so funny <laughs> um but yeah, so Galia, like, works here. She also works with Ronaldo, who was also another whaler, who just, like, is part of the security team at the Golden Cat now. Yeah, there's, like, nice lines about how, like, their friends are the only, like, the two whalers that they know, and they're, like, continuing on life, and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Galia's like, damn, if Billy Lurk hadn't betrayed, like, I, I, like, I was gonna, like, take Billy's place after she betrayed everyone, but then everything went to shit. Yeah, um, then everything went to shit. She, call, she calls Billy a gloomy little hard ass, which I thought was very funny. It is, like, very true. <laughs> it's like, that's all that's all correct, yeah. So, yeah, so she's reminiscing. Have, I, I mean, she's drinking, so she's not having a great time, but... No. And then some, like, dude shows up at the Golden Cat. Um, it, it's Zukov. He's, like, described the way... Oh, yeah, what... Zukov is, like... He, he wears, a like, weird a hat. giant overcoat. Hold on, I will find it, because it's so ridiculous. He just, like, looks He's wearing stupid. the guard uniform. It is, like, a giant 
overcoat to keep him warm. Um, a scarf woven from the pelt of the tundra saber-toothed black bear. Um, a hat with a wide brim to shade from the glare of the dead winter sun. And the best part, snow goggles. Two discs of polished red glass, nearly as big as the saucers off which the guards sipped their hot tea. God, he does continue to wear this, as far as I am aware, throughout the entire first half of the book. Because it's every, just his outfit. Every time anybody meets him, they're like, oh, I, like, got lost in, like, looking at his, like, weird, my reflection in his weird snow goggles. And I think it's meant to be, like, scary, but it's just, like, he's just it's wearing so snow goggles. They're just red snow goggles. Like, that's not scary. Also, like, based on the way they describe him, I'm, he doesn't really show, like, a lot of his face, so I have to assume it goes... Hat brim, immediately goggles, immediately, <laughs> immediately the scarf scar. wrapped around the bottom of his head. That's the way they describe it. It's just so funny. And because pe- pe- people keep being like, because it's like it's the month of darkness, and people keep being like, it's cold, but it's not that cold. Like, hey, dude. Yeah, or like, like we're in the slaughterhouse and it's hot in here. Are you, are you bothered? No, you're not bothered. <laughs> you good? You good, dude? Okay. So yeah, Zukov shows up in the golden cat, um, and he's a. T- I don't really know what he's doing. He's having a kerfuffle. Like <laughs> he just like sh- it's like he walks in and everybody started fighting him. It, like all the guards like have like their knives drawn on him or whatever. It's like it's not clear to me what he did to prompt them to do that. I think it might have just been that he looks weird. <laughs> yeah, or like wasn't like willing. I didn't follow the rules. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, they all start fighting. He like can it's it's kind of a cool fight scene it would be a cool fight scene in a video game if he was a video game boss uh because he can mm-hmm. jump into mirrors yeah he has like the same sort of like blinking power but he goes through mirrors so he like can become part of his reflection and, like step out of a mirror which is like super neat it is cool and yeah galia galia like sees this and she like she's like oh this is cool and also is like oh shit this is like the powers that i used to have that i was just thinking that i really missed yeah, um, it's actually so, so funny, because the first time Zukov does it, Galia says, that's some trick, but you picked the wrong parlor to show it off in. <laughs> and it's just so funny. It's like, yeah, you know, if I, like, if you just randomly stepped into a brothel and, like, I'm gonna show off my mad fucking cool powers, and, like, the head of security is like, whatever, we've all had mad fucking cool weird powers. Listen, who who among us hasn't been able to do that for at least part of our lives? <laughs> Yeah, so basically they have a little bit of a fight. Um, um, I there's he has this weird, freaky power where people look at him and have See, weird like, evil visions. visions. Yeah, um, although it's like Galia Galia sees this vision of like their like him leading an army that's like attacking Dunwall, but she's like in charge of it, and she's like, I want to do that. Yeah, um, and then Zukov says, Galia Fleet, I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to rescue you. You know, if so, I would just not trust that. I would just not trust that. But, like, Galia goes for it. Yeah, spoiler alert, she just, like, lets him recruit her. And it's like, okay, I guess you have a new job. That's yeah, chapter one. That's chapter one. <laughs> chapter two, we're back with Emily doing parkour. She's still, like, jumping around on roofs. She, like, finds some grave diggers and is like, oh, I'm gonna kill these men. Like, or not kill them. But she's like, I can totally take these five guys. Yeah. Well, so, and also, a really funny thing is, so she is, like, going really far outside of the city to, like, an area where a lot of merchants used to live, but all the houses have been abandoned. <laughs> and the funniest fucking thing is, like, 
when the city started to rebuild itself after the rat plague, Emily's like, oh, a developer must have bought this job lot up, and that's why they're all empty. Emily, you're the fucking empress. Like, you should have stopped this from happening. Like, people have been displaced. Districts have been flooded. There's plague. Like, (laughs) clearly, you know, clearly this, I don't know. Apparently it's fine. Socialism is not in Dunwall. Uh, no, I, th- I think that that was very clear. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, you didn't want to do, like, anything? Like, thousands of people have been misplaced and, like, bravely mistreated. You just don't care? She's way too busy, like, jumping. She's too busy practicing her parkour. That's fair. Parkour is a pretty cool trick. I kind of want to have it. Like, I wish I could do parkour. But also, I'm terrified. I mean, so. Well, you can do cartwheels, so I don't know what else you really want. I want to do, like, a cartwheel off a building, like, my favorite NPC ever, the random whaler who just does a cartwheel off a building. It's <laughs> <laughs> you! It sticks to the landing. <laughs> I love that random NPC. So, yeah, so she's chilling, and then, um, yeah, she just sees a bunch of grave robbers. Yeah, and so she, like, has this whole plan to, like, go take them all out, but then she sees that they have a lookout, and she's like, oh, I can't go through the, like, route I was gonna take because their lookout will see me. Um, and then, but she's like, oh, shit, did that guy see me? And then she's like, you know what, fuck this, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, he does, in fact, see her, and she's like, well, okay, I'll just leave. <laughs> and then she just leaves. Yeah. And that's all of chapter two? Did I, is that just that's all of chapter correct. two? That's correct. It's, yeah. There's a lot of really flowery language, but none of it's, like, important. I wrote down all of the things I found interesting, but, like. <laughs> so, chapter three, the lookout was not, in fact, a lookout. It was Corvo Otano. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun it turns dun. out that he knows his daughter is going to, like, run around the roofs every night because it's his job to know. Yeah, so he's just been following Emily. There's one, like, really wild line where he's, like, the way Corvo saw it, he's obliged to follow her. And I'm like, okay, you're her royal protector, so that's valid. He's like, like it is your job, but also, yeah, and also job. she's your daughter, but yeah. But like the second line is like, I'm obliged to follow her because I'm also her dad, and I'm like, you know, children deserve to not be followed by their parents when they're doing parkour in the middle of the night when they're like I th- 24. <laughs> I think they just wrote it that way so that people reading it would be like, oh, he's her dad. <laughs> Probably. If they weren't already aware. It's they really probably cute. weren't at this point, because it hadn't been, like, confirmed. Yeah. Oh, that I guess that's true. I guess technically the first game they were like, is he her dad? We don't know. Yeah, in the first game, like, it's never said. I think it's, I, I thought it was interesting, because it's like, I, I think, like, Emma, like, Emily was like, oh, yeah, my father, Corvo, who's also my royal protector. It's like, I think it's interesting, because at no, I feel like we just, in canon, never know how she found out that he was her father. Like, he must yeah, have told no. her at some point. Yeah, because I... And she does not mention this. Yeah, so she obviously doesn't know in, in one. So it's like, I don't know at all. Yeah. Um, I think it would be, like, really sad if Jess... Like, they'd, like, go on to Jessamine's... Like, Jessamine has, like, a secret room in Dunwall Tower. Oh. And if they'd go on to it and it was, like, written down. Oh, that's sad. Thank you. I Thanks. pride myself on this. <laughs> but yeah, no, we don't know how she found out. Total mystery. Um, I also yeah. thought it was really cute because, like, Corvo, when he's thinking about it, he's, like, he, like, purposefully let her see him because she was, like, he was, like, oh, I want her to, like, take a more cautious approach. But he also, like, agrees that she could have just taken five people. Yeah, he's, like, um, that's my daughter. I trained her well. She could take out five people. And he, he's, like, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that she just bailed. It's, like, Corvo. <laughs> I mean, I am always, like, 
deeply intrigued by like relationships where it is like a parent and also like an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Like it's like at what point like down in the whalers? <laughs> yeah, it's like at what point is like this is not parenting. This is like training a successor in a weird sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it deeply interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's interesting because, like, in um, those comics we read, Corvo was like, I need a successor. Yeah. It's like, I guess you're already training your daughter to do all of this. Yeah, but he needs, like, an official one. Like, uh-huh. well, Emperor's camp guess is a it's not going to be Cottings because she's in a different time zone now. Unfortunate. <laughs> really unfortunate. I miss Martha already. <laughs> we'll see her again in a very long time. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so yeah, Corvo's like, okay, Emily's gone. I guess I'll just deal with these people. Um, and then he's like, hey, is one of those guys wearing a whaling mask? He's like, oh, fuck, it's a whaler. Um, and then remembers about, all about the whalers. Yeah. The only thing that was interesting to me is the fact that Corvo is, like, mentions that, like, the whaling masks are specifically designed to protect from noxious fumes of the slaughterhouse. It's like, we had mm-hmm. assumed that, but it is nice to, like, get that confirmed. Get that hashtag confirmation. And he, like, he spends some time, like, thinking about Dowd, because he's like, oh, shit, is Dowd back? Is that why the Whalers are back? And it's, I liked that we, like, got some of his thoughts on, like, letting Dowd live, because he's like, man, why did I do that? Like, maybe it was just so that Dowd would always be looking over his shoulder. Yeah, it is, like, really interesting. I liked it a lot. Um... (laughs) Um, oh, and we, since Corvo still has the mark, I, there was, like, some description of, like, what it felt like to use the mark. Oh, Because at yeah. one point he's, like, I'm, I, I, like, gathered the energy to, like, blink, but then I had to stop because, like, I saw, like, the whaler move, and he, like, it, like, burns if he, like, had the energy to use it but doesn't use it. Yeah, it is, like, really interesting the way they, like, just the language surrounding it, um, because, like, in the video game it is, like, a burn that, like, sears itself into his hand, yeah. And it's just interesting. Very interesting. Um, he, like, fights these guys and then leaves. Yeah. Uh, does he fight them, or do they just run away? Uh, I don't remember. I think they just run away. Um, yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I think he, he like, disturbs them, because they don't totally finish what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't finish what they're supposed to do, and we... And so Corvo notes that the whalers are, in fact, using their fucking magic powers. He's like, God damn it, Dowd. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. There's like, a really funny part where he's like, Corvo's pretty sure that's not Dowd because this guy is too small. But then he's like, well, it's been 15 years. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe Dowd's just, like, super skinny now. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know his life. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, that's the end of chapter three. <laughs> Uh, yep, chapter four, it's about Galia again. She, obviously, she the, the grave, grave robbers robber. were those guys, um, and they brought back six bodies, but they were supposed to get seven. I wonder what they fucking need- needed bodies for. It's probably fine. It's fine. So, yeah, so she goes to, um, Zukov, who everyone just refers to as the boss. And they all are terrified of him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be with near this man. Um, yeah, I hate him. He's so boring. Oh, <laughs> my God. So yeah, so she goes to the boss and she's like, hey, we have a problem. And the guy's like, whatever. And she's like, no, but like, we have a problem. And he's like, it's fine. And she's like, but we have a problem. It is like <laughs> exactly. Like I wrote down, I have a long diatribe in my notes, but like this is exactly how all the conversations with my boss go. 
Oh, Ari, I'm so sorry, Claire. I was, like, really infuriated by this because I, like, actively was like, this is exactly how a conversation goes. True to life. Uh, yeah, Zukov does not read Ask Manager. (laughs) (laughs) So they have, she, yeah, they have, like, a bit of a tizzy. They've got a tizzy. Yeah. They, they, like, I, like, didn't write down anything they said. I was just like, they just started fighting. Galia just decided to, like, attack him. I don't really know why. Because he's a bad boss. I mean, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, she, like, gets her shit kicked in. She's like, wow, thanks for being so on top of it. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So Galia does what anyone and possibly also me would do, which is she attacks her boss. <laughs> and gets beat up. Yeah, it does not go well for her. She um, gets super, super beat up. Yeah, and so is she like is just like on the floor and like chatting with him and she's like, why the fuck are we doing any of this? Mm-hmm. There's also a really interesting moment where she's thinking, we only got six bodies and we needed seven. I know. I was Such like, to so- you, Galia. I was, like, so sure for a second. I was like, is he just gonna fucking murder her right now? Be, but he doesn't. I was gonna be really fucking pissed if they introduced the only other female whaler in the, the entire worst? franchise to murder her on page 74. That I, like, I like Heike thought they were going to be, and it would have been the too. worst. So I'm I was glad they be didn't. Furious. I was gonna start, like, a crusade against a book that came out three years ago. <laughs> but he does not murder her. He's like, yeah, you're, are you, fu- you happy? No. no. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, what if I gave you more power? And she's like, yeah, it's a fucking start. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, listen, I love to have power. Um, and she, yeah, that like... That sounds cool. She, I, she, like, he, like, shows her his hand. I don't remember why. Did she ask to see it? Like... No, he shows her his hand because he has the outsider's mark. I mean, yeah, but I was just like, why did he do that? Anyway, yeah, it's, like, burned in his, into his skin, and his skin's, like, flaky and, like, burnt. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Also, like, it's really fucking funny because they played up and like, oh man, like the outsider's mark. We all knew this. Like, we obviously, all have known this. <laughs> like, what? Why else would he have power? Like, okay, this is not new. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the end of that. Oh yeah, and he's like, she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the hero of Tibia or something. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, he says his name and that he's the hero of Tibia. It's yeah. Um, I have to assume that the reason he doesn't take a scarf off is because his face is also like this. Oh, yeah, I assume his, his face is, like, super fucked up. Yeah. I assume it's so, it's gross and ashy. Um, so that's fun. Love to... Literally, that was, like, nothing was explained there. But yeah, I know. It was, like, just, like... <laughs> such a pointless chapter. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. It's like, okay, next chapter five, it's a council meeting with... Corvo, Emily, the High Overseer, Yul Kulan, um, and Jameson Kurnow, who is uh, the other Kurnow's son. Geoff. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, that it's guy. It's Geoff. Geoff. <laughs> yes, he's Geoff Kurnow's son. Um, yeah, it's like mostly just a court scene. It, again, is like just mostly expositions. Like, here are people. I know. Thanks. Oh, well, well, it's like, because it's, it's like, so Corvo's like, okay, here's Yul Kalan, the, like, high overseer. He's cool. I'm like, what do you mean he's cool? I know. Like, they're also like, so- yeah, we've been friends for, like, years. I'm like, what the fuck? I, this is, Your like, friend? the thing that may, this is the thing that maybe drives me the most nuts about this book, is that Corvo, like, seems totally down with the overseers, and it's like, I don't understand. I do. I don't understand it at all. It's like I understand like having to play nice with them because of like the Politics. non-explained political ramifications. But like there is a scene where it's 
Corvo and the High Overseer. And the High Overseer's like, Amanda, I know you so well. And Corvo's like, oh, we've been friends for so long. It's like, what the fuck you have? This man is marked by the outsider. This, I know, I was like, Corvo, this man would happily murder you. Yeah, but, yeah, so basically they just, like, God, I hate it. Um, All of them, like, are just like, hey, we should deal with the whole grave robbing situation. Oh, also, you find out that Corvo is also the royal spy master. Yeah. um, Because I guess you can just do both, and Jameson is one of his spies. Yes. It's also really funny because he also saw the grave robbing, so this is... Emily calls this meeting to talk, like, talk about the grave robbing. Corvo shows up, it's like, I already know, because he had one of his spies report it <laughs> to a city watch patrolman, yeah. who in turn informed the captain, who then told Corvo. Yeah, it's and so- it it's very complicated. And, and he's like, it's not technically a lie that somebody told me, somebody did tell me. Um, and yeah, it's <laughs> like- and, and yeah, and he's like, oh, Emily is, like, explaining what happened, and it's, like, clearly it's what she saw, because Corvo knows he was, she was there, but she frames it as, oh, the watch captain told me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, so yeah. ridiculously funny. <laughs> it's like, talk to, talk to your, talk to your daughter. Um, about family communication. I know. Also, but so, yeah. Jameson Kernow is said multiple times that, um, he and Emily are, like, about the same age, and they're, like, trusted advisors she like their friends she gets like a lot of advice from him he's a member of her inner circle and then it's like and he is a spy yeah and it's like she's she a spy for that. your dad uh so i'm sure that's fine um i'm sure she would not have any problem with that yeah um, so yeah they have like a really boring little meeting they're like, this is what we're going to do about the grave robbing, because grave robbing's... They, Emily's like, this might seem like not a big deal, but it's a big deal to me. It's like, I feel like there's probably worse problems than Dunwall, but whatever. Yeah, like, gentrification. I know. It's fine. I can't remember where it was, but someone did specifically it was say Galia. gentrification. Yeah, yeah it was... It, it was I, I wrote it down, too, because it was Galia when she was talking about the golden cat, and she was, like, talking about the effects that gentrification had had on the golden cat. Which I, yeah, I thought it was wild that they used that word. I did too. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I know. It was interesting. Um, so yeah, so they have their council meeting. Um, Emily, like, they ended Emily Leaves with her... Wyman. With her Wyman. <laughs> yes, I was <laughs> going to her, her lover. With her partner, whatever. I don't her know. Paramour? Her paramour? Her Yeah. I, I, you know, they're dating, basically. Yeah, they're together. <laughs> yeah. Notably, Wyman is never written as having a gender, so you can see them as any gender or non-binary, which I thought was a pretty nice touch. Yeah, yeah, they, like, it is it is interesting because it's, like, they don't, it's not that they refer to Wyman with, like, they, them pronouns, it's, like, they very studiously avoid ever using pronouns. Yeah. They just always use Wyman's name. It's, and Wyman doesn't say a lot, so it's not, like... It's, yeah, a huge it, doesn't become, it doesn't become much of an issue. It's like, oh, they just like wanted like Emily to like have someone to like date. Um just, like, and also they I guess they just didn't want to like establish it, like what gender of person Emily is attracted to. So Yeah, they're like, listen, you can have it all. She can be a lesbian, she can be straight, <laughs> you can have it. It's like, listen, you should have just made her a lesbian, but I will take this, I guess. It's fine. Yes, it's like this is much better than the opposite thing, which would be a man. That Emily yeah. has to date. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, to be clear, it's like, if I didn't already know what I knew about Wyman, I never would have noticed that Wyman didn't have pronouns. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, it, 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 they are really mentioned so few times. 
Um, it was cute. They, like, as, the, as like, uh, Corvo was, like, oh, I need to, like, meet with the higher overseer in private. Like, let's all leave. And, like, Wyman, like, gives Corvo, like, a salute as they leave. Yeah, Wyman's, like, a very cute character. Wyman's they're, cute. like, they just seem really playful. It's great. I'm glad Emily has that influence in her life. <laughs> so, yeah, so Corvo and the high overseer uh, just go chill. They go talk. Um, and Corvo is, like... like <laughs> Corvo's like, hey, remember those music boxes that are the worst? I think you should bring those back. <laughs> yeah. It is so, so funny. Um, the overseer's like, what? <laughs> I know. Like, I he's think they like, were a good idea. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like, well, they're all in storage and we'll have to retune them. And also none of the current overseers know how to use them because we haven't needed them since, like, you were running around, Corvo. Except obviously he doesn't know that. Yeah, and it's also ridiculously funny because he says... A lot of the younger overseers, like, don't even believe the tales of, like, those touched by the outsider. This is the whole basis of your religious order. Like, there's nothing else. Like, Like, it's like your whole religion is like, oh, fuck the outsiders. Like, what do you mean some of the overseers don't believe it? (laughs) I mean, like, I guess there is that book we found in the beginning where, like, kids are forcibly taken. But Mm -hmm. I would assume that if a child is taken, like, at a very young age. And, like, indoctrinated. Yeah, they would really believe I know, it's just, yeah, it's, like, all the stuff with the overseers in this book is bananas. It's absolutely bananas. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, like, the end of their conversation. He's like, eh, it's fine. And the overseer's like, okay, let's go. Um, yeah, and, like, and then Corvo, like, finds a random guard and is like, hey, you should assign, like, a constant guard to Emily. And his, like, state, like... In his narration, he's like, I'm like, he's doing this so that like Emily can't go running around on the rooftops anymore because she won't be able to slip her guard. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really funny. funny. Instead of it's like Corva, you could just tell Emily to you could just tell Emily you know that she's doing this and to stop. Instead, yeah. he's just like, I'll just assign her extra guards. You could have a whole conversation like, Hey, I am aware that you are doing parkour on the rooftops at night, and I think it's a really bad idea considering this business with the grave robbing. I'm worried there's something like unnatural about it. Can you stay inside? Done. Literally, no. that's it. I know. It's like, like your daughter is like twenty three or twenty four. Like, yeah, she's she is a whole a full grown person. She is my age. Oh, I hate thinking about that. I thought you would, which is why I said it. <laughs> Fuck you. It's fine. I'm still twenty three for like two more weeks. Oh yeah, happy early birthday, Jim Kirk. Thanks. Yeah, so, yeah, not to dox me, but I have the same birthday as Jim Kirk, everybody. Claire is the only person who consistently remembers that. Well, my dad also has the same birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people consistently remember that. Anyways, continuing on. Chapter six. Anyway, chapter six. (laughs) It's back to Galia and Zukov. I don't know why we cut away. I don't know. Drama. Um, It's like... I don't know. There's, like, no reason. Zukov's like, I'm the hero of Tivia. And Dahlia's like, Dahlia, what does like, that mean? princes or something? Like, what the fuck? Yeah it's, yeah, it's like, so there's, like, a triumvirate who, like, runs Tivia, I guess. Yeah, I don't really, like, know. Like, I don't really know or care. Essentially, he basically tells her he was, like, a revolutionary, except he was, like, being paid by the government to, like, give people hope and like like he he was they like were having him be a revolutionary to like make people complacent basically 
Yeah, it's like a really like wild thing to happen in less than half a page of exposition and then is not talked about ever again. I know. And then he's like, but they betrayed me and put me in jail for realsies. So now I'm going to get revenge and kill all of them. It's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Woo-wee. Seems like a lot. Um, he also... <laughs> so yeah, he tells her he was in like, the prison camps for like years. So um, long. Then he tells her he had a dream of a great burning. And Gallia's like, wait. The Great Burning, which I, I don't know what that is. First of all, that's never, that's not something we've ever heard about. Second of all, I don't immediately assume all dreams of fire are like one specific fire. I don't assume everyone who's a dream of like the Great Fire of London, like. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know. It's all wild. Golly is just like, this is all legit and I believe you. Yeah. He also tells her like, yeah, here's the thing I didn't. I didn't realize it put together. Um, he managed to escape the prison camp with, like, the outsider powers, and he, like, reflected himself through, like, glaciers and ice. And he oh, tells her, cool. like, the more he traveled, the more he became fractured, like, ice and mirrors, and he was corroded. Huh. <laughs> I'm so dumb. I'm so... I cannot believe I didn't put that together. <laughs> I also can't believe you, but you're valid. I'm, like, um, I'm not. I'm a literature major. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty um, much it. He just yeah, like, I want then, revenge. Yeah, and this and is like, destiny. It switches to Ronaldo's point of view, and Ronaldo's like listening to them, and he's like, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah, it is also really funny. It's like, yeah, this is all ridiculous. Um, I miss Dowd, who never talked about destiny and revenge in a higher purpose. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. He's like, Dow just wanted to kill people and make money. Like, this sucks. I respect that. Um, but yeah, and then, like, I guess Galia, like, goes into the basement with With Zukov. Zukov shows her his secret plans in the basement. Um, it's, like, not super, like, they don't explain super well what it is, probably, because it's really fucking disgusting. Basically, he has, like- there's dead bodies in there. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a basement workshop that he is doing weird, like, half-natural philosophy shit, half, like, you know, blood rituals. But, like, my assumption is that all of those dead bodies that they grave-robbed and brought with them are in pieces around this room. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's written, I, I, the way it's written is, like, kind of interesting, because it's, like, it's, like, Galia, like, talks, like, Galia's, like, I tried not to look at it, but it's, it's, like, kind of clear by implication what it is. Yeah. Um... And also, because it's, like, we've seen there's them also, do, like, make bone charms out of human bone, basically. Yeah, there's also a really great line where they talk about things that happen in the natural philosophy. Like, at the Academy of Natural Philosophy, which <laughs> it does mention that Dowd went there. Oh, yeah! I See, I was, like, skimming at this point, so I, did, I think I missed that. But, yeah, he did go there for, like, three months. Yeah, and then second of all, she's, like, one of the stories she's heard is about men trying to reanimate dead tissue using electricity, which is, like, a nice Frankenstein reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much it. He's just like, I want to give you more power. And she's like, yeah. oh, oh, and he's like... He's like, oh, I need these specific bones now. I need the bones of the Brigmore witches. Yeah. There's also one part I really like where he's, like, dancing around it. And Galia's like, I don't, like, give a fuck. Just tell me what you want and I'll do it. Like, listen. I respect you so much, Galia. Just being like, I don't care. Like, Like, I don't care. Come on. So, yeah, he tells her he needs the bones of the Brigmore witches. So, that's... 
That's fine. fine. <laughs> I love to go to Brickmore. Yeah, so fun. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Next chapter, it's time for like weird masquerade ball drama instead of any of this. I know it was so it's ridiculous. So funny. So, um, um, like Emily's annoyed that she has a palace guard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She's funny. like, I tried to sneak out, but I couldn't, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also like, she's just. I don't know. It's, like, really just boring shit. She's continuing to do stuff, and she is, like, not allowed to really, like, dig into the grave robber mystery on account of she's the fucking empress. I know. It's like, Emily, you have to delegate. I'm sorry, but you do. It's, like, really annoying, because, like, I love Emily as a character, but this makes her out to be so unsympathetic. She's, like, yeah, well, so think, incredibly annoying. I think that it's, like, part of it is that it's, like, I think it's, like, setting up the kind of, like, character development that she's going to have in Dishonored 2, because it's, like, the beginning of Dishonored 2 kind of, like, needs her to be, like, oh, I would rather go running around than, like, do my job as the head of state. Um, and then Dishonored yeah. 2 happens. I think so. I just think it wasn't done super well. Because there is, like, yeah. a lot of language about how she's, like, this is my city. And, like, you know, I am doing what I can. Because there's just too much language about how she's, like, still proud to be, like, the empress. That it, like, feels like she's genuinely proud and not proud as, like, a status thing. Yeah. But it's like, whatever. It's fine. Um, the scene opens with um, Corvo, Emily, and Wyman having breakfast, which is so cute. It was really cute. I actually love this scene because it was very cute, and the dialogue between Corvo and Wyman was very funny. I know. So, yeah, Emily is going through her mail because Corvo and Wyman are talking about regional spice and food and festivals. And she's like, of it's Karnaka. boring. <laughs> I don't want. It's so funny. So she's going through her fucking mail while, like, her paramour and her dad just have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's very domestic. And so she's going through her mail and she gets this very fancy invitation that is um, the invitation to the Lady Boyle's masquerade, which the Empress is always the first one to get it every year. And she's also the first one to decline every year because the fucking Empress can't just go to this ball. I do not understand why she can't just go to this ball. I don't know. I, like, it's, like, I guess it's not, it's very weird. It's, like, I guess it's not safe. I mean, clearly well, like, it's because would go for... with her. Like, I. I know. I, like, I do not see any reason whatsoever that the Empress cannot go to a ball to, like, to attend a ball of one of the noblest, like, royal, like, most, you know, annoying. But also. Maybe it's because 15 years ago some weird shit happened to that ball. <laughs> Was she still fucking having it? I know. I, yeah, it's, I, I guess they just needed it for plot reasons, but it's not even clear to me that they did need it for plot reasons, so whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, basically, she's just mad because she can't go to the ball. Um, and Corvo, Corvo's like, oh, you wouldn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, has this really funny exchange with Wyman, where Wyman is like, oh, wait, have you been there before? Corvo's like, yeah, I went once. And Wyman's like, okay, how was it? And Corvo just says, it didn't go well. It's really, really funny. <laughs> It's just, like, it's really cute. So they have really funny. good banter. It's also, and then it drives me nuts, because, like, I, Wyman ap apparently doesn't know what happened to the, the Lady Boyle, who was the, like, mistress of of Hiram Burroughs, who I think this book says was Waverly. Yes, it does. Um, I thought that was because Wyman is from Morley. Yeah, I think I, I think it's because Wyman is from Morley. I think it's also so they could, like, explain in a quick retcon. Yeah. Basically, yeah, um... So the woman who is running the ball this time is Esma. Esma Boyle's requesting the company of 
mm-hmm. your burial majesty. Uh, there is also a line that I know we talked about this in an earlier episode. Basically, it was like, what would Emily's title be if she weren't the empress? Like, is it like princess or is it like duchess? Um, it's imperial princess. We learned oh, this. Cute. Because if, if Jessamine was still alive, Emily would have been allowed to go to... Yeah, because I guess the, da- the daughter is fine somehow. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but so Esma Boyle is requesting the company of the Empress. Um, and Corvo's like, oh yeah, she's the last of the three. And Emily's like, well, Waverly is still alive, isn't she? Yeah, because they're like, uh, well, because it's like, so Corvo explains this all to Wyman. And he's like, oh yeah, Waverly got kidnapped. And it's like, he says it very casually. I'm like, you literally you helped this. that happen. You literally made that happen, Corvo. Yeah. I really think you need to confront that. He literally um, says, like, oh, yeah, Brisby was obsessed with Lady Waverly and kidnapped her on the night of the Boyle Masquerade in 1837. It's like, oh, oh, you he- knocked her out. <laughs> you bitch. Um, but, yeah, and then basically they're like, oh, but he, like, is fucking dead now and Waverly runs his estate and is super rich. I guess that makes it okay. Yeah, they, like, there's, like, a lot of, like... <laughs> vague language about how like lord brisby disappeared and people assume that waverly has done it but like i don't know i obviously like you still can have this woman be kidnapped by the main character of this game so i'm like not forgiving you guys i know it's, it's like they were like oh we should maybe fix this and it's like i guess you fixed it a little but i still hate it <laughs> yeah and it's also really sad because he says that like lady waverly is still like up on on like lord brisby's estate like which is far away Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Like, she didn't even get to come, come home to her sisters, who, like, she clearly, like, was close with. Like, she didn't even get to return home. Yeah. I was it so sad for suck. Waverly. It does, it does suck. Sorry, Waverly. So, yeah. So, like, that is, like, canon-wise, Waverly is the one who was kidnapped. But, again, in the that mission, it was whatever fucking one they wanted. Whoever the fuck. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, they have cute breakfast. Um, Emily, like, actually gets really mad at Corvo for being like, oh, you wouldn't like it. She's like, bitch, I want to go. Yeah, it was, like, really annoying because it was so inconsequential. But also when my dad tells me things, or, like, actually when any man tells me a thing about myself, I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. I had a guy in my class once tell me, he's like, oh, you're not going to, like, by the end of the semester, you're not going to, like, want to be, like, want to do the retake. I had to, like, physically talk myself out of retaking the final exam, even though I got an A on it because of this fucking asshole. Because you were like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I know. I was like, this is ridiculous. You got an A. But I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. So, yeah, Emily goes, like, through the palace, and she's angry and kind of pissy, and it's like... So weird and pointless. Um, I know she's like she like sees all the all the seamstresses making the masks or whatever, and she's like, I, I blah 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 whatever. And then she's like, well, can't I just go in costume? I know, yeah. she just like decides she's like, okay, I'll go in costume and I'll like have Corvo be in on it, and we'll just both go. It's like, how has this never occurred to you in like the ne- the past like ten years of your life? Um, I don't know. She didn't have time. For it's a masquerade ball. I'm- I still don't understand why she's not supposed to go, so... You know, I don't think... (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. She's like, cool. I'll go talk to Corvo and we'll just go in secret. Okay. Chapter 8. All right. That's gonna be fine. Uh, Ronaldo is like, I'm gonna go to this basement, and this time the narration is much clearer. There's gross body parts everywhere. Yeah, lots of gross body parts. Weird things are like... They're not quite bone charms, but they're like weird little, like, trinkets and weird things carved out of bones 
and stacked in weird patterns. And the only important thing here is that Ronaldo takes one. Yeah, it literally, literally, there's this whole chapter. It's like the only thing that matters is he takes one and he like feels a weird spark when he does it. I'm sure that's fine. And he's like, cool, weird, gotta go. All right, chapter nine, Emily. <laughs> Poor Ronaldo. I know, something awful is going to happen to him, I bet, and, like, he seems nice. He seems nice. There's, like, there was, like, something really nice about how, like, he and Gallia really relied on her, and he was helping her get out, like, helping her work on her alcoholism, and, like, they were I know, helping. They, they were, like, they were, like, helping each other. And now shit's gotten fucked. Yeah, they're, like, both gonna die, I'm sure, so whatever. Yeah, so, chapter nine. Um, uh, Emily breaks into Corvo's office. <laughs> yeah, Emily, like, goes up to talk to Corvo, but... He's not there, so she uses her skeleton key to get she's in. Like, I feel, she's like, I feel bad about this, but she's doing it anyway. And, like, she's like, I just want to find his schedule so I can find out where he is. It's like, I, you're literally breaking into his office just so you don't have to send someone to go find him. Like, Emily. Yeah, she's, whatever. So, yeah, so she, she goes, and there's, like, a, his whole office and lots of papers. And his bed is in there. Corvo, stop sleeping in your office. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, also um a giant table with a map of dunwall on it um she says it's like a 10 foot by 10 foot table that's fucking huge it's quite large so giant like map of dunwall and you know emily figures out that it's like so that corvo can keep track of like where different watch officers are and like where who's doing what and where different forces are um, and she also sees, like, a plan for the Brigmore Manor, and she's like, that's kind of funky and weird, and, and she, like, see, she, sees, she sees an audiograph machine with an audiograph card in it, and like any person playing this video game, she's like, I'm gonna listen to this audiograph. That is not technically true. She looks at this map, sees the plan of the Brigmore Manor, sees that there's an audiograph card pinned to the top of it with oh a God. note saying Brigmore surveillance report, and then she puts it in the player and plays it. Fucking Corvo, you really can't just label this shit like that. Yeah, um, I, I think this is, so I don't think the note is from Corvo. I think it's from uh, the person yeah. who is on the audiograph, which is Jamison Kernow. Yeah, and like Emily hears this and she's like, what the fuck? She's like, this is my friend. Um... But yeah, basically, it's just it's just like him talking about like all the like surveillance they're doing and how they've like noticed people gathering at Brigmore. Yeah, oh, and they and they like they like know where their base is or something. Yeah, they know where their base is, but Jameson suggests watching them and seeing what they're up to because he thinks it's more than just robbing graves. And you know that's it. Which first of all, I think you guys should be writing shit in code and not just making audiograph recordings. I know, it's so insecure. Like, I understand why you do it for a video game, but once it's in a book, it's like, this is so insecure. I know, like, I would not be totally, I do not think it would be totally out of character for, like, Emily to copy down this note, take it back to her chambers, and try to, like, decipher a coded note. Like, I don't think that would be, first of all, out of character, or second of all, based on what we know, Outside of her capabilities, so what? I know. I, I liked it because it reminded me of playing Dishonored, but also it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, she listens to this, and first of all, she's like, well, I'm pissed because that's my best friend. Second of all, I'm pissed because Corvo's <laughs> not telling me anything about that, which, 
third of all, or like maybe two point, like two point five. Like, <laughs> he's not required to, in accordance to the laws of this ridiculous batshit country. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, why it's bad to wor- to like have your relatives work for you because it blurs all these lines. Yeah. Like, so, not that there's great work-life balance for the royal protector anyway, but... Yeah. So, fourth of all, she hears this note, knows where their, the gang is, and decides she's gonna go get some fucking answers. Yep, so immediately next chapter, she's just there. She just went there. She just fucking went to Slaughterhouse Row. Um, yeah, and it's like, she, she's it's, she's like, man, like, I'm so glad... Well, she's like, I can't say this as the empress, but I am glad that Waylon is failing because... Um, it sucks and whales get murder sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I am also glad that whaling is failing. <laughs> there's, like, a really... And again, it's, like, there's, like, so much here that's, like, I think obviously supposed to, like, emulate the feeling of the video game. I don't really care how she got inside. I know. She, it's, like, well, there's, it's, like, like, a she full gets page inside. and a half of her, like, climbing up pipes and doing, like, jumping on balconies and listening to people. It's, like, I don't need to know any of this. Like, I know. you could have cut this down to less than half a page, and it's... Two and a half. It's, this book. This book could have probably chopped like a hundred pages through like editing. Easily. Um, that's my professional take. Um, that's my professional take as well. <laughs> but yeah, so she like gets in know. in ways that I totally skimmed, and she like runs into these two dudes talking, and is like, "I'm gonna steal one of their outfits," and like, so she just knocks them out and steals their outfit. Yeah. Basically. Basically, yeah, she steals their outfits because she wants information. But when she gets inside, she realizes there's like thirty or tw- like twenty or thirty men. Like I can't take twenty men. Like, well, I can, but <laughs> I I could I could take five, not twenty. <laughs> yeah, so she steals this guy's outfit. Oh, and she realizes they're. She's like these seem, these guys seem familiar for some reason, but I don't know why. And then a page later, she's like, motherfucker, motherfucker, these whalers. These guys kidnapped me when I was ten. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a really good line where she's like, she would not let the whalers get the better of the Caldwins ever again. That is a good line, because, like, it yeah. would obviously be quite traumatic if the gang who murdered your mother and kidnapped you and you had thought were totally gone for ages, 15 years. We're, like, suddenly here. We're suddenly back and robbing graves. I know, and then she, I feel like part of it was, like, she's like, oh, God, I have to tell Corvo about this, and I was like, oh, Corvo already knows, and you're gonna be so mad if you find out he already knew. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. Yeah. So she's um, sneaking around wearing a whaling costume. Um... She accidentally gets called into just a giant, like, whaling meeting. meeting. Team meeting. Team meeting. Um, and Zukov, like, addresses all of them, and she, like, again, thinks, like, about how weird he looks. Yeah. Like, what they're actually saying in the meeting is, like, totally unimportant. Uh, Gallia Flate is there giving orders. The only important thing is that, like, Emily is, looks at him and, like, other characters is having, like, weird visions of her, like, being all-powerful and insane like a tyrant yeah it's yeah. like a vision of her being a tyrant and like ordering corvo to kill people which i don't know if this was intended but i like to think that she's like having visions of like high chaos world uh, I, that is really interesting i don't think it was intended but it is really like interesting to hear because yeah she's just like yeah she can't stop thinking of these like images of her as like a tyrant and corvo's royal executioner yeah so it's really and interesting it's, um and that's the only important she actually yeah. gets put on this mission, but uh, yeah, it's like it's like I think they're going they're going to like rob the Brigmore graves, basically. Yeah, she's like, well, I'm here now. I guess I'll be fine, sure. Yeah, um, and then we have a short interlude about back in Zukov, back in Tivia, 
uh, when he was in the labor camps. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in the labor camp. He doesn't really think it's that bad a time. He's, like, kind of having an okay time. I know. He's, like, he's like actually, I kind of, like, I'm fine with the work, I guess. And, like, also, I'm the strong, only person like... who, like, he's, like, oh, all the original people who came here with me, like, died after three months. But it's been, like, years and years. And I'm probably, like, the oldest, like, the longest anyone's ever been in these prisons before. Yeah, the, uh, the scene starts out with him and his friend. What is his friend's name? Milosh. 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 Something you Russian. Know. Um, they're, like, going through a tunnel, and he and Milosh are, like, he doesn't really call them friends, because I don't really think you're supposed to have friends in labor camps, but- They're bros. Yeah, like, it says that, you know, they're the only two who have been at this salt mine labor camp for more than a decade, so, you know, like, even if you don't like someone, ten years of being in a labor camp with them. Yeah, and basically he- It also says that this- Camp is the like worst labor camp where like mass murderers and serial killers and cannibals go. I know, <laughs> and traitors, which is just as bad as all of those things. Yep, yeah, just as bad as cannibalism. Um, so they're traveling through this mine because Milosh has told him he had found something like really amazing in the tunnels, and um, what he has found is a knife. Yes, he's found. It's like a weird carved out like. I don't know, dais or something, where it's basically, like, Milosh is like, oh, I bet people, like, used to worship the outsider here, and also, if that me- if that means, like, Milosh's takeaway from this is, like, oh, there must be other tunnels that lead here, and we can get out. Yeah, um, Milosh is Zukov's a great guy. Ta- <laughs> Milosh is great. Zukov's takeaway from this is, holy shit, that knife is great. I'm gonna grab that knife immediately. <laughs> yeah, he fucking just grabs it. It, like, the knife, the knife clearly is, like, evil, because it, like, hypnotizes him. Yeah, he, like... He grabs it, um, he's, like, holding it, he grabs it without even, like, really realizing it. Um, as he watches, he sees, like, blood trickle out from his fingers, and there's, like, whispering over his shoulder, and the knife is singing to him, um, and then Zukov stabs Milosh. Yeah, which, it's, like, this whole scene, I was, like, he's gonna fucking kill him, like, this is obviously where this is going. So, yeah, so, yeah, he kills him, and, like... I, yeah, did anything else happen? I just kind of wrote that. Um, that's pretty much it. Milosh is like, there's a way out. Zukov's like, sure is, and murders. I know. Did he, did he get the mark of the outsider when he grabbed the knife? Or have we not seen that happen yet? I don't think we've seen it happen yet. I don't think he's had it at this point. Yeah, did he even actually get it? Or did he just carve it into his own hand? Uh, unclear. Not unclear. said. Um, um I don't so- know. My guess is that it's not real because I have been on the wiki page for all the people we know. And he's not listed as being marked. And I don't remember him being listed. Yeah, I think I might also vaguely remember as that. Marked. Also, it's like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if he was actually marked, we would have, like, had a scene of him chatting with the outsider. And we haven't, because um, I would care about that. <laughs> I don't think the outsider actually shows up in this book, and I find that disappointing. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I mean, there is this, like, he talks to, Zukov talks to Galia about him having a dream where the outsider marked him, but, like, the outside, like, we don't see that. The outsider's not there. Yeah, and also, because, like, based on things we know about this knife from later games, it just seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Zukov kills that guy, and that is where we're gonna end, because that's as far as either of us read. Yeah, it's like the end of part one of the book, I guess, so it's valid. Also, we've been talking forever. I know, I'm really quite surprised. I thought we weren't going to have a lot to talk about. I guess it just takes a while to summarize all this shit, even if it doesn't matter. No, the thing is, we got really distracted. (laughs) 
Oh, that's also true. Yeah, um, super distracted. It gave you a That's because we don't care that much about this book. Yeah, uh, supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, this is just a personal gripe. Um, there's no table of contents in this book. Yeah, I know, which is annoying when we're like, oh, how much should each of us read? It's like, well, um, I don't know. I, like, I cannot imagine creating a book that is 372 pages long without a table of contents. I'm aghast. How many parts does it even have? Like, it better only have two parts. Otherwise, it only has two parts, I think. No, there's four. There's four. I just flipped through it. There's four. There's four parts? And an epilogue. Jesus Christ. But part part one was, like, almost half of it. Anyway, fucking whatever. Anyways, like, tune in next week to hear more of Claire's professional gripes as a publishing professional. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I just, why does it have a table of contents? Oh, my God. Take it up with whoever publishes these books. Who publishes these? Uh, Titan Titan. Books, which I did Google (laughs) before this. Uh, There you go. They also did the Horizon Zero Dawn art book, which I know because it's on my shelf. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're also, just for funsies, they're located in the UK, which I know, because I was like, what if I worked there? <laughs> and But you were like, oh, I don't want to move to the UK. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'd mind, but my guess is that Titan It's hard Books, to get hired. My guess is that Titan Books doesn't pay me enough to get a work visa. Yeah, that's probably true. Which is the case for most entry-level publishing jobs in the UK. R.I.P. R.I.P. So, yeah, that's the end of... That's the that middle-ish the of the Corroded Man. the first half-ish of the Corroded Man. Clearly we love this book. Something is... Oh, man. I guess we're gonna read the second half for next week. Yeah, well, we're not... I can't record next week, so I'll have two weeks. Oh, good. Thank God. I also can't uh, record next week. Perfect. Nailed it. Are we gonna... Sorry if we leave in this discussion of when we're gonna record. Um, <laughs> it's human interest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where can people find you on the internet, Claire? Um, you can find my Twitter at Surrealist Trees, and that's the only place you can find me. You cannot find <laughs> me anywhere else, because I talked about hating my boss on this podcast. <laughs> so you don't exist. I do um, exist. You can find me on Twitter at Lucky Dice Kirby. Our music is Goosebeak Whale by Alps, I think. That is um, true, and our fi- <laughs> our Twitter is Drunken Whalers. I don't even know if that's true. It is at Drunken Whalers, yes. Um, we're, sw- we're switching it up this week. <laughs> well, because you didn't say it. I totally forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're valid. I went through my cider uh, very quickly. <laughs> see, I just, like, I, like, try not to drink as much wine as I did last time, because last time I drank a bunch of wine and then was too drunk to read Subasa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I drank um, my cider incredibly quickly. <laughs> glug, glug. That's it. Fucking Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>